Hi, everybody. This is Monica Reinagel, and you're listening to The Nutrition Diva, quick and dirty tips for eating well and feeling fabulous. All this month, I'm taking a closer look at some popular but conflicting theories about diet and weight loss. My theory is that people are different and that no single approach is going to work for everyone. So the question isn't really what works best, but what works best for you. Last week, I talked about the theory behind low-carb diets. And then a bunch of us did a week-long experiment where we cut out refined carbohydrates just to see how that worked for us. This week, I'd like to talk about a completely different approach and do a completely different experiment. Now, if you're doing the experiments with me this month, I'm dying to hear how it's going for you. You can post your comments on the show's webpage, which is at nutritiondiva.quickanddirtytips.com or on the Nutrition Diva Facebook page. As I explained last week, one of the main arguments for a low-carb diet is that when you reduce carbohydrates, it theoretically reduces your appetite. You're not as hungry and therefore you eat less and so you lose weight. But that assumes that we only eat when we're hungry and that we stop when we're full. But in fact, there's a growing body of evidence showing that environmental cues may have a much bigger impact on how much we eat than physiological hunger. Factors such as how much food is on the table or in the package, how much the people around us are eating, and even how big our plates are have a huge effect on how much we eat. For example, researchers have observed that the average size of a dinner plate in the 1950s was about nine inches across. By the 80s, it had grown to 11 inches, and today the average dinner plate is a whopping 13 inches in diameter. The increase in obesity rates parallels the increase in dinner plate size almost exactly. Coincidence? Well, some people don't think so. There's a popular new diet book called the Nine Inch Diet, which starts out by having you replace your oversized dinner plate with nine inch plates. The author claims that shaving three inches off his dinner plate helped him take three inches off of his waist. So can weight loss really be as simple as that? No rigid eating plans? No forbidden foods or special recipes? Well, environmental cues are extremely powerful. That old joke about someone's eyes being bigger than their stomachs turns out to be truer than you might have thought. There's a now famous experiment involving trick soup bowls, which proved that your stomach doesn't tell you when you're full, your eyes do. Researcher Brian Wansink describes the soup bowl experiment in his book, Mindless Eating. The subjects were asked to eat a bowl of soup and then rate how full they felt. But some of the bowls were secretly refilled from the bottom as the diners ate their soup. The people with the bottomless soup bowl ended up eating 73% more soup, but they rated their level of satisfaction exactly the same as the others. After all, all they'd had was a single bowl of soup. It seems that we decide how much to eat based not on how hungry we are or how filling the food is, but according to visual cues, and these can be misleading. There's another experiment by Wansing's group that shows that you'll eat more from a large container even if you don't like the food. For this one, they replaced the popcorn at a movie theater with stale two-week-old popcorn, and people complained about how terrible the popcorn was. Nonetheless, people who were given a large bucket ate about 35% more popcorn than those who were given a smaller container. Apparently, the only ones who can be trusted to eat according to their actual physical appetites are babies and small children. Research by Barbara Roll suggests that three-year-olds are not influenced by serving size. They'll still eat according to their appetite. By the time they're five, however, they will eat more if you give them more. And I'd want to point out that just because you're not overweight doesn't mean that you're not overeating. If supersized portions seduce you into overeating unhealthy foods, you may end up cutting back on more nutritious foods to compensate. So you're maintaining your weight, but at the expense of good nutrition. So this week, I'd like to experiment with the behavioral side of your diet. Unlike the metabolic diet concepts we discussed last week, 
which focused almost entirely on which foods you can eat, we're going to focus instead on changing the environmental cues and the behavioral patterns that lead to overeating. So this week, you can eat whatever you like, as long as you promise to eat your vegetables, of course. Plus, I want you to follow the following rules. Number one, use smaller plates, bowls, and glasses. So if your dinner plates are bigger than nine inches across, use the sandwich plates instead for all your meals. Number two, no serving bowls or containers on the table. Put your food on the plate and then go to a separate area to eat it. If you're still hungry when your plate is empty, wait at least 15 minutes before you serve yourself seconds. Okay, the third rule, when cooking, try to prepare only as much as you need. Overcooking leads to overeating. That doesn't mean that you can't cook enough for two meals to save time later in the week, but when you're done cooking, package up the second meal and put it away before serving yourself from the remainder. Number four, do nothing else while you're eating. If you're distracted by television or the computer or reading material, it can lead you to eat far more than you otherwise would. If you're watching a movie or you're surfing the web and you decide to have a snack, pause the movie or shut down the computer until you're done eating. And lastly, keep tempting but unhealthy foods out of sight. When we see food we like, it actually makes us feel hungry, even if we aren't. The obvious corollary to this is to keep healthy foods right in your line of vision. In other words, line all the vegetables up at the front of the fridge, bury the fudge in the back of the drawer. Obviously, these rules all by themselves aren't going to ensure a balanced diet, but right now we're just experimenting with the environmental aspects of hunger and eating. It might also be best to minimize your time in restaurants this week, just for the sake of the experiment. You just have so little control over portion sizes and other environmental cues in restaurants. At the very least, I suggest you avoid buffets, all you can eat, anything, and any restaurants that describe their menu items with words like jumbo or belly buster. During your experiment with these behavioral strategies, here's some things to ask yourself. Do you feel more or less hungry than you usually do? Do you find yourself eating more or less at meals? Do you find yourself eating more or less often? Do you find it difficult or inconvenient to stick to these guidelines? Do you notice any differences in your energy levels or mood? Here's an important one. Could you imagine continuing eating this way for more than a week? How about forever? And lastly, how would you rate the overall quality and balance of your diet when you follow these rules? Is it better or worse than usual? As you go through the week, feel free to post your thoughts on the Nutrition Diva Facebook page or in today's show notes. And that's where you'll also find links to the books and the research that I mentioned. And don't forget to visit vitalchoice.com slash diva to get a 15% discount on some of the world's healthiest foods. This is Monica Reinagel. Have a great week and remember to eat something good for me.